Powers of the Fury is brought to you by Red Nation Online. Find us on Twitter at Red Nation Online and at OIT Fury. Welcome to Ours is the Fury, episode 72. My name's Ryan. I'm Tim. And what's your name again? Uh, Tim. Oh, nice to meet you, Tim. It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. And where's John? Uh, I think he got extradited. <laughs> he got sent back. Or to on vacation. I don't know which one. He went back to Europe. He's, he's traveling the world for a year, so. I saw a picture of him in Paris that Canadian soccer retweeted. Yep. And he was in Germany a couple nights ago. I don't know where he is right now, though. Hmm. Yeah. So we're going to keep doing the podcast without John, and we're, we're trying something a little different tonight. We're, we're doing a, recording a Skype call. Yeah, so I'm doing this in my underwear. You too, eh? It's <laughs> yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of cool. Like, I'm in your left ear, and Tim's in your right ear, and uh, we're going to talk about the Fury. And it's been a few weeks, about two months so a lot has happened. Uh, do you, a lot. Do you recognize any of the guys on this team? I don't recognize this team. I mean, for the most part, like it's a huge rebuild for a mid-season uh, change, I guess. Um, let's go through. I guess go through the departures first. Johnny Steele. Johnny Steele, the the guy, the guy they pulled out of retirement. Miami FC goes and pays money for him. I think this is a great, that's a great move. Like any money, like Johnny Steele was good. I thought he was probably our best midfielder this season. But if anyone offers any money, go. Back. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we just we got we got something for nothing, really. I mean, he was doubtful, probably doubtful to play next year. Has he basically retired? And Daglish was able to bring him back. I think. Roseboom playing well. I think he's he kind of fits that that role that Johnny Steele was playing. So there's not a big drop off. Yeah, and and there's there's a few players like that aren't being used. Of course, uh, we'll probably get into it later because there's a listener question about is Eustachio. Yep. And and we got a we got a few players, and we even signed some midfielders. So yeah. Um, so we'll keep going through departures for Red. Left, he's gone back to Israel. Uh, I think I think everyone pretty much knew that he was on just a spring season contract. Yeah, uh, three month contract. Uh, that, that worked out. Did did he score a goal or two? He scored our first goal. Yeah. I don't know if he scored another goal. I thought he played better at the start of the season. He kind of tailed off. I don't know why he never played a full ninety minutes. But. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't like really disappointed that he didn't come back. I thought they could maybe get someone better. Yeah, there, there's players out there. There's a lot of uh, well, we signed some just recently, so mm. there's lots of Fords out there. Uh, one guy I was really uh, sad to see leave, and I think a lot of people were sad to see leave was uh, Marcel De Jong. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, 
I mean, hands down, the best outfield player we have on the field whenever he played. Maybe score. In, maybe in franchise history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, scored huge goals. Played wherever Daglish put him. Um, it's kind of sad that he was kind of. I don't say messing with uh, the fan base, but he's kind of going, oh, I really like it here. My family likes it here. I'm like, uh. Yeah, I talked to him actually his last day in Ottawa. <coughs> oh, really? And I was like, and he knew he was moving to Vancouver. And I'm like, oh, I hope you stay. And he's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh saw some pictures of him and his family in Vancouver. And it wasn't it wasn't a vacation. It was uh, setting up the new house. So Yeah, well, I mean, good for him. He gets, I don't, I don't think... He'd feel good, or anybody would feel good if he, if a player that talented was to stay here. You know what I mean? It's nice to see him kind of come here and do well, but kind of move off and someone we can follow, and maybe somewhere down the line he comes back and plays for us. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, he's pretty young still, right? He's twenty-seven. I was, yeah, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, something like that. And uh, I heard he had some offers from Europe, and I heard all three Canadian MLS teams made an offer for him. Oh wow! So. Yeah, great player. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be missed. And another fan favorite that's going to be missed is uh, Paulo Jr. Yeah, Paulo Jr. was a uh, was a surprise to me. I guess he got traded, and there was no real contract issue there. But when I first heard it, I was pretty shocked. But I kind of understood it at, at later when I kind of passed by that. I mean, between him, Hayworth, uh, Chin. They're kind of mixed, so I guess losing that or freeing up that international spot was probably the reason why. Yeah, and and he has a history in Fort Lauderdale, and he's he's mm-hmm. played there twice before, apparently. Already so, twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. so before he went to Real Salt Lake, and then he came back to them before coming to us. So. Yeah, it was very interesting that, that the day that that happened, I think later on that day it was when the news came by that Fort Lauderdale were bouncing checks to players and not paying. Yeah, they they were saying apparently it's because it was uh, they're a little slow getting the money cleared from Brazil to Florida, uh. and large <laughs> amounts of money, and mm-hmm. it's complicated and all this. Let's hope they're not in uh, financial difficulty because no. they're not they're not paying the bills with their ticket sales. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean they just they just officially moved ground uh, today, so now they're playing in that cricket stadium, the Radevald historic Lockhart Stadium. Yeah. No cricket lines on our pitch. Is there cricket lines? <laughs> I don't know. It's a hey. circle. It's a giant circle. So what other league in the world has cricket lines, lacrosse lines, Canadian football lines, and American football lines? You have a lot of lines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, none. None. Maybe Puerto but, Rico will put some basketball lines. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully, uh, you know, the sport's yeah, doing well. I don't think it's going anywhere, so hopefully it kind of changes over time and we start getting some... Uh, uh, soccer-specific stadiums and uh, better, I mean, it's technology to clear lines like we have here for the most part. Did you notice the technology they use in uh, OKC? It's uh, They actually bring the field out in little squares, and they build it, and they put it right over the football field. Really? Yeah, it's the same thing they have at uh, Olympic Stadium, the exact same stuff. Mm, weird. Yeah, so when you, if you watch on TV, you can actually see the little squares. <laughs> So, but apparently it's good turf, but yeah. if there's a yeah. such thing, it's good turf. But. Whatever works, works, because playing on lines is just horrific to watch on TV, especially. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and, the, and I, I find the players actually play within those lines sometimes. Yeah, yeah. 
It's mm-hmm. really weird. It, cha- it actually changes the game a little bit. You'll see the players like like second guess before they go over the uh, American football lines. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, referees are bang on in there 10 yards from the ball for free kicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the, maybe it helps the linesmen, the American football lines. But. Yeah. Yeah, so should we do the... Uh, the new arrivals, newest to oldest, or oldest to newest? Um, look at the list. It seems to be kind of all over the place. So Yeah. Well, randomly. This is random. What was the big one today? It was uh, a local guy. Another local guy, our third local guy. Uh, Jamar Dixon, uh, midfielder, um, was playing in Finland, I believe. He has uh, one cap for the Canadian men's national team. Yeah, just this year in February, I believe. Yep, against the U.S. Yeah, uh, yeah, good signing. I think he's probably more of a defensive midfielder from what I, uh, the little research that I did this today during work. I have to admit, I know the name, but I don't know much about the player. But uh, I did a little bit of research too. He used to play in Gloucester here in Ottawa for the. He was a Gloucester Hornet. <laughs> so you know, maybe some of our listeners were in that program, and mm-hmm. now now you share with a new Fury player. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, he's a midfielder, and adding to the midfielder is uh, Ryan Williams, who was signed uh, a few days ago. I, I thought this one was interesting, because uh, what, what, what's the championship team he played for? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, is it Darby? No, it wasn't Darby, but, but we'll look it up. But he never actually played for them. It's in his bio, but he never actually played a game yes, in the he- championship. I saw, I, I don't remember the team, but I remember going through his transfer market uh, bio, and he literally hasn't played in almost two two years. Yeah, he played, one, he played one game in the FA Cup. He was subbed on. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if he'll be fit right away, and like I don't think, uh, will we see him this, this weekend against Jacksonville? I'm, I'm not sure. I would doubt it, but you never know. Um, yeah, I think the last time he scored a competitive goal was in 2013. So, yeah. So maybe some catching up to do. So you know a little bit about the Welsh Premier League. Yeah, very little. Very little. I was just wondering how it compared to the NASL. Would you put it above or below or equal? Uh, probably a little below. Okay. I think most of most most of the big timers go to the Premier League or the Scottish Premier. Would you put it above? But, I don't, but I'm not. I think the NASL would be higher than it. Okay, so he wasn't always starting in the Welsh Premier League at at the peak of his career. Yes. So, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how he pans out. I guess he's a free kick specialist, like spot kicks, and yeah, he didn't score a lot, but I guess a few of his goals were from free kicks, and I saw a couple of those highlights, and they looked pretty promising. But um, I'd like to see him on the field in front of me. It kind of it kind of reminded me when I first saw the Richie Ryan highlight video. It was very similar. And we didn't know who Richie Ryan was. We're like, who is no. this guy? And now he, you know, he was a major transfer to hey. Miami for Jacksonville. <laughs> so maybe, made a lot of money off Richie Ryan. Maybe that's um, our plan. Yeah, but I, uh, just to kind of kind of go combine these two players, the two midfielders, I thought was kind of odd. We got our striker, which we'll go into later. But the two midfielders is kind of odd because it's it's basically the only only position on the field that we're not destroyed in by injuries. And I thought that maybe defense might have been, uh, should have been addressed. 
maybe some of these guys are going to be coming back from injury soon. I don't know, but who knows? But Well, you get these players like uh, the other new signing, Maxim Tiso. He can play defense as well as mid. Okay. It's like he's he's played both like for the Canadian national team and then in Montreal Impact. He's played both positions. So Okay, that's good. Cuz I thought that it was really bad like it when uh Timbo was stretchered off at, on Sunday in the Edmonton game that they basically had to just bring on De Guzman. Uh, De Guzman just so they could bring Roseboom back to defense. Yeah, and they, they, they had no defenders on their bench. And they kind of went with three in the back and pressed up, right, for mm-hmm. the last 10 minutes, and they, and they ended up paying for it on the counter. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and uh, Miller, he said that's he saw it, and he said he, that's, he went for it. Mm. He told his guys to attack down the wings. and so It we, worked out. It worked for Edmonton, yeah. So speaking of Maxine Tiso, I don't know if uh, all our listeners know him, but he was a big part of uh, Montreal Impact's Champions League run. I think he played a lot of those games. I remember seeing him out there for most of those games. Uh, he's a local guy, too. He's from uh, Elmer, Quebec. Yes. And he was in the uh, FC Udaway system, which is uh, kind of like a rival system to the the FC Gatineau system, mm. which I'd like to see them have a team in the PLSQ. It'd be, mm-hmm. It might split the talent pool in half, though. But <laughs> Yeah, uh, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, on Sunday, I thought he was he's, our best player. That, that he looks very, he's very, very fast. I didn't know he was that pacey. Yeah, he's pretty fast. He's uh, ma- he was pa- his passes were spot on, even like the crosses in the air. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see, it was refreshing. It uh, didn't look USL at all, it looked, it looked very much uh, NESL, MLS type passes. So, yeah, but, so pretty excited to see him sign and then hopefully play. Uh, for the remainder of the year, and who knows after that? Yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, we sign these local guys, and they and they stick around. And yeah, I mean that's that's kind of thing with local players is they they'd be more willing to stick around. They're not just here as a stepping stone. I mean, some might be, but I think a lot of a lot of the players, the local ones anyway, will kind of stick around and not kind of just jump ship. Or they won't go back to their like hometown team in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. you know, or it's, or Cincinnati. So. Yeah. Which, Plus, it's nice. It's nice for them to play for their local team, which they didn't have growing up. Yeah, it is now here, and it's nice for the fans to cheer for a guy or or the kids. You know, you get twelve-year-old mm. kids playing in a local system. They see see guys getting paid to play football. You know, yes. Nice. Uh, another new guy that played in Edmonton was uh, Thomas Stewart, which uh, I think the Fury tried to make a big splash of this signing. Yeah, which is kind of odd. Um, I mean, stats-wise, he looked all right, but it's all basically USL. Uh, he's Northern Irish, six foot tall. I think he's like twenty-nine. I could be way off. Just guessing here. Um, yeah, his, his highlight reel looks good, but it's all from like two, three years ago. I saw. If you follow Evan Ream on Twitter, he's usually pretty good. Yeah, it's soccer news. Uh, he was talking to the coach of Sacramento, and they said they let him go because he wasn't scoring goals. Yeah, so he's not scoring goals in USL. Like, what do we expect here? Let's try him out in the NASL. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, some players they just need a change of environment and maybe a different uh, different people around them, different things in their ear. You know, especially especially strikers. 
uh, they're very, I don't know, they're very emotional usually. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tommy Heineman Tommy didn't have a good scoring record when yeah. he was in the USL. Perfect example, yeah. Um, I thought Sunday didn't get a lot of the ball. But what I did like about him is he came back a lot. He dropped back a lot to receive the ball and then did, didn't kind of run up with the ball. He kind of controlled it and kind of passed it off a little bit, which uh, we haven't seen a lot from the strikers. No. In three years we've been here. We've never seen that, I don't think. I don't think <laughs> any of our strikers have come back, controlled the ball, passed it off, and then made that run. Mm-hmm. And that was that was nice to see. That was one of the highlights of the Edmonton game. Uh, his, his foot speed's not the best. <laughs> He's not the fastest player. But he looks like a smart player. But mm-hmm. this is only seen him, you know, yeah. one game. But Yeah, hopefully the change of scenery does well. And, you know, nice to see him score some goals, which we desperately, desperately need. Yeah. Uh, and then the player we traded uh, Paulo for, uh, I'm just going to say his last name, Gentile? 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 Giuseppe Gentile? There you go. Yeah, uh, drafted by the Chicago Fire, never played, kind of uh, bouncing around through USL, NASL, Orlando City, San Antonio Scorpions, and, of course, Fort Lauderdale, who he came from. Only 23 years old. Uh, six feet tall, so he's not short. That's what we need more of. We need more height on our mm-hmm. team. Yeah, especially up front. Um, he's been subbed on. I think the last two games didn't see a lot of him, but he had a he had some chances. I'm kind of dreading that that one chance he had in front of uh, the Edmonton net in the second half on Sunday, where he just had all this, all the time in the world in front of Van Oakle, and he just kind of. Uh, like I guess tripped over the ball or uh, yeah just couldn't put it in it was kind of heartbreaking yeah he was a little sl- he's a little slow to get it off he's kind of reminding yeah. me of Paulo Jr. <laughs> a little bit there, <laughs> right in front of the net it's like just kick it just kick it please but yeah, uh, yeah he's still young so I mean yeah sky's the limit yeah you never know like that's the uh, Little little change, you know, might happen. Uh, a few more players get through these because there's a lot. This is a brand new team, mid season, you know. <laughs> this is a lot of changes since this is only what a month and a half. Like if you yeah, went on vacation yeah. for a month, like say you're John, <laughs> our, mm-hmm. our co-host here, and he he's been gone for not even a month, and he he probably if he went on the Fury website, he wouldn't recognize the team. <laughs> It's like almost, it's over a 50% turnover, I think. Like with injuries, if you take the injured yeah. guys out and put the mm-hmm. new guys in. Um, Eddie Edward, we all know. FC Edmonton, defender, uh, local guy. Came back home. Uh, it sounds like Edmonton and Ottawa worked out a deal. He needed to come home for some family issues or whatever. Works out good for him. Works out good for the team. Um, the best thing is... His family was all mm-hmm. wearing Fury jerseys at the last game. <laughs> nice. And, then, and if you've ever been to FC Edmonton game in Ottawa, these five people are like the loudest people in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so we're really glad they're on our side now. Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually really happy when I heard about this. Uh, this kind of all this, this kind of speculation from even when the Fury started is when we're going to get Eddie Edwards, Eddie Edwards to come play for us. Yeah. Let's get Eddie Edward here. So, I mean, I don't know if it's a serious problem with his family, but 
it's kind of not the way I'd kind of want it to go. Yeah, we hope that all works out. Mm. What, what was interesting was uh, when the first year of the Fury, I, I overheard John Pugh saying he made an offer for Eddie Edward, who was a former Fury PDL player, mm. but he chose not to come at that time. And he stayed, oh, really? he stayed with Edmonton. Mm. So that's an interesting. So, like, you know, we finally got our man that we were chasing two years ago, but. <laughs> and then another Canadian was uh, Malin Roberts from uh, FC Edmonton. Which I really like. I really like that he's on our side now as well. Is he? I mean, I think, uh, from what I gather, Edmonton just like went here. You guys can have him, like a loan. Yeah, <laughs> like as an emergency loan. Like, but we're gonna need him back. Yeah, they might take so, him back if we start doing well, or if they get injuries in their defense. Yeah, and we brought up a couple players from uh, the academy. Was it Malikos? Adam Malikos. Yeah, which we've seen play before, defender. Mm. Uh, I don't know if we'll see him. Like, we'll probably never see him starting this year. It'd be nice to see. But, starting? No, I don't think starting. But but. They, they, yeah, we'll, we'll never know. We have enough injuries in the back. that You might see him play this year. It'd be, it's nice. It's a nice to see these players, like, actually on the first team. Uh, it's something we never saw the first two years. I think Schroeder was the closest thing. We have, yeah, right? Shorter, and he only played in the Rangers game. The Rangers friendly here at Lansdowne. And we had a keeper, too, I believe, in the first year that played a friendly or part of a friendly. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Conte, he played. He actually played. I was very surprised at that when I saw him. Yeah. Come on. That was great to see in the interviews after. He was like an excited, you know, an excited 18-year-old. I guess yeah, he's 19, I mean, but yeah. You play your first professional game at home and you're playing against the guy uh, Giorgio Samaras and, and Boateng guys who've been to the World Cup and Euros yeah. must, have been, must have been a dream come true for him I'm sure there's six six or seven thousand fans that game too so that must have been a rush yeah so good for him hopefully he can kind of uh, work with the academy and work with the first team and hopefully kind of make a name for himself and stick around yeah, it'd be good. So this is this is what's killing us. Everyone's asking what's wrong with the Fury. And it's obviously the injuries is a big part of it. And, and another part of it is no scoring. Yes. So, like, injuries. Who's out? Uh, Kyle Venter's out, right? Mm. He's out for this season, probably, most likely. Yeah. Pablo Diego is essentially not even part of the team. Yeah, he went back to... He went, yeah, he went back, and they sent they sent a player back, right? So yeah, Oliveira. So I like Oliveira. I really enjoy yes. watching him play. He's very exciting. I wish they played him more. To be yeah. honest, yeah, I wish he played every game. Him and some other midfielder. Yeah. Um, just found out Kyle Porter's hurt. Yep. Four to six weeks, which is weird because we I saw him last week, and he <laughs> he looked fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, and what's do you know what's up with Obasi with his injury? I thought it was he pulled a hamstring in the uh, last Vancouver game. That's the last time I saw him. I have no idea why, what timetable he's on, what the injury is. Hopefully, he comes back soon because we definitely really need him. Yeah, and another player I was hoping would be uh, a diamond in the rough this year was Bruna, but he's just been rough. He's injured. Is he still alive? I have no idea. I haven't heard him his name ever. 
talked about about coming back or if he's still with the team. I heard his injury was serious enough that we might not see him before October. Oh, wow. Which is really heartbreaking. And, like, his wife's family's from Ottawa. I think that's part of the reason he came mm. from England. He's a Spanish player, but he was playing in England and he mm. came over. So that's part of the reason. And I was just hoping he would, would, he would be, like, a great number 10 yeah, I mean, for the for what he played, he uh, he seemed to be really positive, and I thought I, he played really well. And he had a hand in the first goal we scored this year, but then yeah, he's kind of got injured, and, and that was that. Yeah, I saw him in the preseason game against FC Montreal in Montreal, and he was the most impressive player on the pitch. And that was with De Jong and De Guzman, and like we had we had a pretty solid team that game. And he was the most impressive. He was his touches were unreal, his passes were unreal, his turns protected the ball amazingly. It was the kind of thing that you don't see too often at this level. And I was mm. really excited about him. But yeah, um, Mozzie, Mozzie Giorgio, yeah. losing his court battle, losing and and injured. That's yes, it's a twofer. It's a twofer. Yeah, um, didn't really see much of his play. Uh, I, yeah, um, it's probably a little further down the, the depth right now. Yeah, I always thought he was like a utility player. Like, he mm-hmm. wouldn't be starting, but he'd be like a late sub. Yeah. A depth player, I guess, is what mm-hmm. they say. And uh, Balchan, which, you know, he was one of our more promising defenders at the start of the year. I was, mm-hmm. And he's out. He's out for the rest of the season as well. So what, what are we looking at for injuries here? We got three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, I don't forget. I don't forget. Timbo was stretched off. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's all. There was a a sigh at the viewing party when mm. uh, when that happened. I was like, oh, not another defender. I mean, if you're looking for excuses, this is the biggest one, I think, in my mind. All our um, defenses hurt. I mean, there's no. We started last game with no defenders on the bench. Which raises the question is how healthy are the, the starters playing? Are the starters fully healthy now? Yeah, are they being pushed? Maybe it's yeah. Like, we don't have anybody else, so... Squad management is such, you know, especially after playing those extra Voyagers games. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it seemed to hurt us. And it seems to always hurt teams that do well. Like, it hurt FC Edmonton when they did well in the Voyagers Cup. And then they, they had a little funk after yeah, I mean, we've had injury problems each of the last two years, but nothing remotely like this. And this is that doesn't even include De Guzman just came back from injury. Oliveira was injured for a time there. Yeah. And others. Let's take a little break. We'll be right back. for the next Fury home game on Wednesday, July 27th as they take on Carolina Railhawks. Grab your $15 tickets at www.stonymondayriot.com and click on tickets. That's unreal. So we're, we're, we've been getting a lot of players like from Finland, uh, players from the USL all season, and I thought it'd be interesting to look at what, the other, what kind of players the other teams are bringing in so far in the last, you know, couple weeks. 
and I, I'll start with the big one. Uh, you might have heard of him, Omar Bravo. Yeah, have you ever seen this guy play? Yes, but I don't remember. Okay. But Mexican scored a lot of goals. Yeah, what, 65 caps with the Mexican national team? He's the all-time leading scorer <laughs> for Chivas USA. And that's not even, like, the team he scored the most with. <laughs> so he's had over 150 goals in Liga MX. This is very impressive, but he's 36 years old. He's 36, yeah. Like, how much gas does he have in the tank? If anything, I mean, he's going to bring the he's going to bring the fans out. Oh, absolutely. But is he kind of is he going to be kind of like that Raul? He was kind of okay, not the best, but kind of okay. Is he just going to kind of be the Samaras? He's really done absolutely nothing all year. He just kind of sits on the bench and. Yeah, I think Raul. Like he's not his name is not like Raul's no, name, no. but. I think in the States especially, he will bring out uh, a lot of fans of Liga MX. Like, a lot of people will come see him. A lot of people come mm-hmm. to the game just because he's there. Um, and Carolina's playing here next Wednesday, right? So Next Wednesday? Is it next Wednesday? I, I don't so. know. We're playing Jacksonville on this Saturday. <laughs> and then Wednesday, there's a home game, finally. Only, like, one or two this month. So who's the Mexican that signed in Indy? Oh yeah, that was Toronto. A, was it Toronto? Yeah, and uh, you know I haven't heard much, but I haven't really been paying attention to indie because I really don't like watching them. No, they're terrible. Well, they're they're dropped down to third now, and 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 Rayo's really pushed up. So Rayo's in second, eh? That, for that's the, crazy. Uh, for that's the crazy. Team. I mean, yeah, sure they they beat us and drew us the last two games. Well, they beat but the Cosmos three nil as well. Yeah, that's crazy because I, that team that that we lost to the one nil, we just absolutely destroyed them. Like I, I understand that they probably sat back and they were just soaking up pressure, but we were just passing around and we just missed our chances. And I don't, I didn't see anything from that team that suggests that they're a top three or top two team in this league. Yeah, and you know they have the, everyone's favorite coach, Alan Marcina. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I, you know, I, I expect. I looked at the roster and I was like, "This team's, this team's good." And then you look at the tactics they play and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. like they're not using their height advantage or not using their skill advantage. But the players Marcina's bringing in, like he just brought in uh, Sandoval from Real Salt Lake, who's mm-hmm. you know scored many goals for Real Salt Lake, and he's loved there. So I was surprised to see him, you know, transfer to Real. So. That's the kind of players Rayo's bringing in, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. and, and Tampa's got a new guy, uh, Carlos Pricado. So he's he's one of these guys that's been all over the place. He was a star in Colombia, played for uh, Millionaires, uh, played for America de Cali, but he's uh, he was over in the Middle East playing in Qatar, so he probably had enough of that. <laughs> and he's back. He's back with in Tampa. Tampa's loading up though, eh? They also got a Danish international. Oh, Martin Vingard. Yeah, you read that, eh? He's, uh, yeah. And he's he's played in the Champions League. He scored in the Champions League. He got three goals oh. in the Champions League. So these teams are getting players like that, and and we're getting you know guys that are benched in the USL. Yep. So that that's and you know you can't put this all on 
on our coach because he has a budget mm-hmm. and he, he has people probably telling him what he can spend. And it's probably all he could spend was probably that uh, Miami money for steel. Yeah. And whatever. Yeah. I think Paolo Jr. was that guy because of his contract, but he couldn't have been making that much money. I mean, it's kind of sad. It's, I mean, it's, it's it's sad that we don't have the budget we do, considering uh, the run we made last year, the attendance, the, like the attendance we we had last year, and even continuing into this year is top, I think three or four in the league. Yeah, I wonder where top three, being top three and four in the league, and then having one of the bottom uh, budgets is really kind of depressing. And I hope hopefully they can fix it. Hopefully the the Canadian dollar can kind of. Uh, rebalance itself and there and hopefully maybe they can get more people out so they can spend more money but yeah it's a really tough position being you know drawing so well in front of a lot of you know allowed and very loyal fans and just kind of not being able to put a product on the field that's competitive I wonder what the attendance would be if the Fury continued at the level they were, were last year they continued winning like you know, three quarters of their games, mm-hmm. or getting points almost every game. Um, like, would would the attendance be even more than a six, seven thousand average? Would it be like more like a ten thousand average? I don't think it would be that much. I think maybe five hundred more on, on average. Right. Yeah. I I don't I just don't think the casual fan really pays attention to the Fury when they're not playing on it on down. I yeah. could be wrong. I think the white caps coming to Ottawa yes. was a big bump, like a Absolutely. huge bump. And that really did a lot for the franchise, which proves that the the Voyager's Cup, the Amway Championship is very important uh vehicle for like mm-hmm. for Canadian, especially like especially like teams like Edmonton and Ottawa. It's, it it drives the brand like it makes makes people notice. Yeah. I mean, and this team, we're going to run, like, this is still the team that beat Edmonton 3-0 in Edmonton in that that first uh, V-Cup game. This is still the same, basically the same team that beat Vancouver 2-0 at Lansdowne. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've been kind of on a bad run because they can't, can't score and absolutely decimated injuries, but I think they're still kind of fighting this team. I don't think they've given up. I don't think the tactics are so bad. He's, uh, I think, Daglish is a lot more. Um, he's a lot more uh, prone to changing the tactics and changing the formation than uh, DeSantos was. DeSantos played four three three, and that's all he played. I think he played one game where it was four four two, and it was a disaster. But Daglish will change the tactics and formation like mid game. Yeah. Yeah, which we which we never never saw. And he he seemed very aggressive for the goals. Like, like uh, we have a lot of shots, we have a lot of chances, but we're also exposing ourselves doing that. Mm. Mm. So I'm not saying that Daglish is better than MBS, of course not. Uh, But I think he's he's just a different coach. I think I don't I don't I don't think he should be judged just by Mark Santos because just how well. Marco Santos did these two years and the, su- the success of the team. I don't, he left, he's not coming back. 
I don't see anyone else coming in and doing as good a job or better than Daglish has done. Yeah. He just needs he just needs time to make his team hopefully fix this injury, which is crazy. Well, I guess we should get into the listener questions because a lot of it is about yes, okay, because yes. there's there's uh, the people were pretty upset after the Edmonton game. They're pretty much calling for like somebody's head, mm-hmm. and or they want to change. And 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 uh, we even waited. We even waited a few hours after the game before we asked people's opinions because we knew people <laughs> would be upset, and we kind of wanted. But people, there was, was there. No one was safe from people. N- no, after that, like no I think one. I think Sparky's getting fired. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll get into it. Uh, Jeff from Saskatoon, who who's been a regular listener. Uh, he's the guy from the Black Hole. It's a great podcast. You should check out. Um, he says, "How devastating was watching the one nil loss to the Eddies? And I'm not asking <laughs> to be a dick. Yeah, that was uh, pretty deflating. Probably has there been? Can you think of a more deflating goal loss? Yeah, and in the last goal three years. or last loss? Yeah, last the loss in the soccer ball. That, that was <laughs> kind of deflating. <laughs> that was a little deep. Yeah, and it was a long trip home. But other bet, I mean, in a regular season game, hell no. I that was. I was just shocked when they scored. It was just, uh, especially we were dominating, being up, being up a man, and and putting all that pressure on in the last fifteen minutes. Or just kind of the bad luck with. Been, in the fall season, I was saying the luck really plays in a part of it. That that first game when Pizer got the red card and against the Cosmos, and you're just like, oh my god, and it just kind of. Uh, snowballed from there, and it was just the the our OKC game here, where they scored early, and they we and they just soaked up all our pressure and yeah, his chances. That was really depressing, and then that loss was just basically the cherry on top, yeah. where it's just like, oh my god, I've just given up almost. Yeah, that's a little worried about people checking out, you know, just turning off, and uh, it's maybe something. The club should be more sensitive to, especially with like results or something. But yeah, I mean, it, was, it is what it is. We're I think we're the better team. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah. There needs to be fixes, but I think I don't think there needs to be wholesale changes. But it just proves that like a stats and uh, and that really don't matter. Like what really matters is either getting the three points or the one point. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can say, I have the best passing percentage in the league, but what does it matter if your team hasn't won forever? You know, or I, the team has the most crosses, or they've, they're second in shots, but it just it really doesn't matter unless mm-hmm. you convert those shots into goals. So that's just my anti stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big uh, supporter of the stats, and especially well, in, in this, soccer football. This, this proves it right here. Like this, this Fury season. Like, oh, the stats look great. The team's in last place. Like Puerto Rico's yeah. ahead of us, right? Yeah. Like, so. you, yeah. I mean, you can make stats. You can make stats work your argument every time. Yeah. This is the way you present it. The way you look at it. But the only stats that matter is uh, the win loss record. Yeah. So. uh this guy changes his name every week, but we're, he's uh, BBSC uh, Curtin. 
Keratin? Oh. Andrew Dowell? Sure. Is that his real name? Have you Let's, exposed him? It's spelled backwards. Oh. Look his at that. Twitter name is spelled backwards. You sneaky bugger, you. <laughs> yeah, so he says, do we have to settle for mediocrity and roster churn because lower divisions, hashtag lower divisions, <laughs> or can we reasonably demand quality from this organization? Our local boy makes good. Sops the best club has to offer. Is this our future? What in Paul Douglas's past ever indicated he would be a success here? That's an interesting point. Why was Martin Nash not given the job? Wow, where do we start with this one? This might take <laughs> all over the place. Of, this might take the rest of the podcast. Yeah. So I mean, lower divisions. I mean, it's the NHL. I mean, every every team is faces. There's a lot of turnover. Significant turnover year after year. Within the year. <laughs> Someone, no, this so, is different. Someone needs to make a spreadsheet of turnover in the NASL per team. I'm not doing that. No, no uh, I'm calling Tail. Tail's the spreadsheet <laughs> king. I know you're listening, Tail. Uh, yeah, so... I mean... Lower division. We're, we are... We were, we've been on... Uh, OSEG's been on record saying we have a low budget for players. I have no problem with the local boy thing when you have local boys like Maxime Tissot. Like, and Eddie Edward. And Eddie Edward. Yeah, I have no problem there. It's when you start, start, uh, you get these guys out there and they, they look out of place. And those two guys are definitely uh, belong in the NASL or higher. Mm. So I have no problem with local players. Um, it was a little sad because... At one time, it sounded like we weren't going to get Maxime Tissot. It sounded like we made an offer and we couldn't afford mm. him, mm. which was kind of shocking. Like, but uh, the part Daglish's past ever indicated. So Daglish before was in Austin. I think they finished like seventh or eighth, mm. and uh, I, they had a losing record before the team actually folded because their their stadium flooded. Yes. So and before that he was an assistant with Real Salt Lake. We had pretty good run. They were having a pretty good run when he was there. Yeah, he was there twice as assistant coach. Yeah, and he was in the PDL as well in for Austin, and they won a championship one year in the PDL. Hmm. So that that's some positive stuff. And he was a player for the Houston Dynamo back when the Houston Dynamo were, you know, the Cinderella franchise of the MLS. Hmm. So I, I I would say he. Why not? Why why wouldn't he be qualified to be an NASL coach? I, I don't see why not. Um, the, are there better options out there? Maybe, but they don't have they don't have ninety two thousand Twitter followers. They don't have <laughs> the Liverpool legions behind them, right? So I think that might have been a big part of it. Uh, yeah, still young, They're still young. learning. Uh, why Martin Nash wasn't given the job? Maybe he didn't want it. Martin Nash has basically only been an assistant coach for two years. Yeah. Um, it's possible they asked him, but he just didn't feel it's the right time. I think. I think down in the future, Martin Nash will be a coach here, if not here, somewhere else. Yeah, or with Vancouver maybe, but that yeah. might be a conflict of interest since his brother owns a share of the team. Yes. <laughs> But um, interesting thing is uh, Martin Nash, he brought in some of these players at the start of the year. 
So he brought in some of these players, the non-USL ones, basically, were his players. Mm. And those players were under the assumption that Martin was going to be the coach. That's mm. something, something we found out this week. So that, that, that was interesting. So maybe he was the last minute because he was announced pretty late. Right? It was. Um, I don't know. I don't know what late is, but it was. Um, it wasn't much after the season it, was over. It was right before Christmas, right? That Could he was be. It was December. It was definitely December. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think he's qualified to be a coach. Uh, I think there. Are, <laughs> it's funny that people are asking this, but. It just proves like the atmosphere that's going on right now in Ottawa is that people want something to happen and they don't just want more player change. So it just kind of yeah. I mean, that comes apart. I mean, I I had confidence in Paul Daglish, not as much as I did at the start of the year, but I could see, I could understand why fans aren't aren't behind him. Well, I think it's the way the way he came in with with such confidence, right, and, mm. and brashness, and and I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And now, like the tone has changed. He's he's like he's more like humble and like he's like explaining things and like and doing interviews where he's just more down to earth mm. now. Mm. I think he's kind of got the vibe of the city more. I, like you can't come into Ottawa and like have that attitude and never play as well here. Like you could be you could be like the best coach in whatever sport in Ottawa, whatever team it is, be it Red Blacks, Senators, Champions, or whatever. Mm. You come in with that attitude, it will not play well with it's just a cultural <laughs> thing here. Mm. So I yeah, think and he's and he's learning too, I think. Yeah. He's improved. Um and he and he even said he wasn't uh he wasn't the most familiar with the league after the first few games there. Yeah. I mean, it takes time. I mean, we were in the soccer bowl last year, and our first year before that, we were just as bad, if not worse, than we are right now. Yeah, there's a chart, actually, that compares every year and the points total. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a we should maybe try to get that posted on Red Nation and then kind of keep track. But, yeah, it's interesting. Like, we... It never really took off for the Fury until the start of the fall season last year. Mm. Before that, we were pretty flat. So, so I think, I think the Fury will give them time. Whether or not the fans do is a different question. Yeah, but I think he should get time. It's still pretty early. Injuries, I've said a million times already. <laughs> uh, but I, if next year we're just a crap and we're putting more money to it, yeah, then we should ask questions why he's still around but i think right now it's a little too early okay so uh send uh your hate tweets to uh blog fury fc <laughs> <laughs> put it put it all towards him and i'm i'm on the fence like i if things don't improve soon like we're still getting like out out uh coached and and uh like last game we were completely out coached like the we got burnt. We got we got read like a book and burnt really badly. Mm. So I'd say like three, four games is still happening. I think maybe that's time to start having that conversation. But you can't just blame the coach. You got to blame the whole organization. Like it's right right up to the top, because they're the ones making the decisions, the final say. 
Mm-hmm. So to, like, don't be hard on this guy, like the one, the one coach or the assistant coach or whatever. It's, it's the whole organization. So like, don't, don't be like tweeting him <laughs> and being like, why, why aren't you doing this or that? It's like, there's a whole team coaching this team and management and the money decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's something I think people forget. But one thing people are really upset about, and Mark Dunderdale, who's been very vocal online uh, about the situation with the Fury, he says, what has Eustachio done wrong to be sidelined? Will he ever play for the Fury under Daglish? What a waste. So, and he says all of MDS's work is undone. So he's coming from that vantage point. But it's true, though. Like, Eustachio was great last season. He was uh, like oh, I don't know if I'd say great, but he was good. He was good. He was. But, but Paul Deglish has been on record saying that he's just below other players. He said he hasn't played as high as level as, <laughs> which I thought was funny because he has played in Portugal. You know, started second division Portugal, which it's you know, and 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 uh, the Canadian national team system. Mm. So I think he's good enough for the NASL. Yeah. But just like just a system they play with, just only three midfielders, and like zero injuries, basically zero injuries except for uh, De Guzman. Yeah, there and I mean Steele was playing good. Roseboom has been great. Bailey's a bit disappointing, but he's still pretty solid. Um, and now these new guys come in. Yeah, it's tough because Morrow's a super guy and he played really well, but I don't think it was something that. Morrow did wrong. It's not because him and Mark Santos were close. It's just a a tactical decision. I mean, he has played, albeit just subs going on as a sub going on a few times, and it's tough to see because we do get attached to these players, especially the ones who've been around since the, the first year. But that's just kind of the way it goes. It means players aren't some players you like aren't going to get the playing time you think they should. Yeah, it's definitely there's a lot of talk about Mauro. Like maybe he'd be better off playing somewhere where they would start him because he is still very young. He is very important to the Canadian system. He's going to be a very, very good player for Canada or whoever he plays for. Hopefully it's us in the in the future. But as of right now, he, you got to work for your, you know, you got to work for your playing time here, especially playing, playing and the midfielder, and he's not—he's not versatile. Like he's not like Roseboom or De Jong was, where he could play different different spots. He's basically a central defensive midfielder. Yeah, he's like De Guzman's understudy. Is what a lot of people say that he's—he's he's learning from De Guzman. He's gonna be like the next De Guzman, mm-hmm. which is really which, big, totally which yeah. is really big expectations. But the, really great if that happens because mm. I, I think he's good enough. I'm kind of disappointed not to see him. Um, I know uh, in the stands, we actually, there's like people like constantly talking about where's Mauro, where's Mauro. And then the mm. one time he did get subbed on, there was like this big applause. Mm. <laughs> and it's just like, and it was almost sarcastic, like, oh, finally. <laughs> so I know it's, it's, uh, it's something to keep an eye on. Maybe we'll see him more, hopefully, in the fall mm. season. Yes, and all of MDS's work is done. Done is super. Yeah. Is really a stretch. Well, MDS didn't 
didn't force Tampa to pay Tommy like retarded money. Sorry for the term. Um, he didn't ask Richie Ryan and a bunch of other players to ask for their transfer. Yeah, he didn't get someone's girlfriend to move to a certain American city and then ask have that player yes. ask to move to that American city. <laughs> Things like that are always happening behind the yeah. scenes. I mean, MBS is great. He was awesome for this this team to set it up and and it's it wouldn't be where we are now without him, but he's gone. Like he's gone. Like like just kinda of put him out. Like just we have to let it go. And like it's it's a year it's like it's being that guy that had the hot girlfriend once in high school mm-hmm. and now you're thirty years old and you're still talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's it's it was kind of like being in a soccer bowl was so awesome last year and everyone had fun and talking to people who went down to New York and it was such a good time, but in the back of my mind, even back then, it was like, it's great, but now there's now this expectation of this team that we're going to be a top two team or a top four team every single year. But it, we've and never, just, we never and just been logistic, in- and just logistically, logistically with how much money we're paying and kind of Ottawa's not a big deal city. Is it just it just can't happen unless we have everything kind of falls into place as it did last year. Yeah. And we've never been 12th place before. Wow. Because there's never been 12 teams in the week. But yeah, (laughs) now we're 12th place. Yeah, so we're originally going to do like a really short 20 minutes, like, hey, we're still alive. Uh, Don't forget about us. We we didn't even take any breaks. No, we didn't take any breaks. We still care about the Fury. So, and we hope you guys still care about the Fury. Uh, Yeah, we'll be back. We will try. Schedules might not permit, but we're going to try really hard to get one out a week for yeah. the rest of the season. And they might just be a little short, like, hey, what do you think of the game? This is what happened kind of things. Or they might be hour long like today, but we had a lot to get off our chest. Like, Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a few months. And uh, there's been a lot of players leaving, and a lot of players coming in, and a lot of talk. And everyone has their kind of opinion, and no one's opinion is wrong. But there's a lot of differing opinions, which is good. I mean, it's nice to have this, and people just don't say, oh, fuck it, I'm not just going to come back anymore. But people like really like this team, and it's nice to see the passion that you guys bring. And we hope to, uh, uh, yeah, supply you with some content every week. Yeah. And it's like keep the conversations up online, wherever it is, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you are. Ask us a question. If you want a question answered, we'll be more than happy to answer it on here or online or on Twitter. Yeah. And we can be found at at OIT Fury. We have an email address. Which is? Ours is the Fury Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We're on Facebook. Yeah. You can find us on RNO, Red Nation Online, uh, Midfield Press, maybe, yeah. Stitcher, iTunes, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So we'll be back uh, probably. After the Jacksonville game, what's what's going on is uh, Tim and I work opposite hours, basically. And live at opposite ends of the city. At opposite ends of this massively spread out (laughs) city in a straight line. It's terrible. And uh, so there's really only like three hours that we can get together. And then, but we have to record and then get back home in those three hours. So we're trying the Skype thing. I think it's working out. Let uh, us know. Let us know how how it how you like this kind of new setup. Yeah. It's not going to be the setup all 
we do oh, the, for the rest of the year, but this is kind of a one-off. Let us know how we do, how we sound, or not, whatever. Yeah, and and Kendra has some interviews she's done, and she'll be uh, typing those out, and we'll have some audio from those interviews. So that's still happening. Everything's still happening. John's just going all over the world watching soccer games. John will be back, but just not this year. Not this year. <laughs> hopefully at the start of next year. He might be a changed person when he comes back, though. He might be like... Could be into i don't know shinto or something mm. yeah because he's literally going all over the world so mm. yeah, good for him i think he's still alive every time there's a some sort of bad thing that happens in the world he happens to be in that area <laughs> he was in france and then you know we all know what happened in france and then he was in germany the same day uh the attack yeah, yeah so hatchet attacker yeah so and i haven't heard from him since but i don't yeah. think he's going to turkey no, well, yeah, he was going to Turkey, so and he's going to uh, Colombia and Venezuela as well. So he's he's hitting all the hot spots. So he's going all over the place. So at the end of it, he must he will have an awesome Pokemon Go collection. Oh yeah! Did you see that? Uh, some team's doing a promotion for that. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, who was it? Is it Jacksonville? It. Yeah. So whatever. Have you ever have you ever seen a, a video game just kind of blow up and just? kind of change how people kind of live their lives day to day no and i've lived through a lot of fads a lot mm-hmm. of fads and a lot of big video games too i've i've seen the overnight lineups and mm. you know people take days off work to play the new game like grown men you know yep with professional great jobs <laughs> so yeah wow it's so thanks for listening We're, we'll we'll get out of here we're trying to keep it under an hour and uh, until next time, huh. toodles. See ya.